Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome into a new week. It is May 15th, 2023 in the capital city. And what is that? Was that a wet driveway I drove out on this morning? I believe it was. Now it's, uh, you know, it's so far it's the the type of rain quantity that we've become used to here in the capital city, which is just the equivalent. If it was a snowfall, it'd be a dusting. I'm not sure what that's called when it's a rainfall. A spritzing, perhaps. <laughs> Waking up to a spritzing of rain in the uh in the capital city but hey it's uh it's something and there may be more on the way although radar doesn't look super promising right at the moment it's guess where it is it's all south of here along the nebraska kansas border believe it or not i forgot Uh, that there wasn't as much rain here as what i drove out through oh because you drove on on thursday right into that low pressure system that's now past us and this is coming in the wake of it yes Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was uh, there were a few places on the road we dropped that speed down quite a bit. Yeah, you couldn't really see anything in front of you. Yeah, that um, yeah. So you had that on Thursday, and then Friday, uh, while while uh, you guys were both gone, I was uh, I was hunkered down here at the station, ready to go at any minute if need be. <laughs> starting at about starting at about oh two thirty, I was uh. I was watching Rusty Dawkins. He did a live stream. He basically turned YouTube on, and I, I assume other maybe social media too, and basically just started like working, like writing his forecasts and stuff, and like talking. He's done that for several storms he, so and far. Just kind of talked, kind of talked through the entire thing as it was happening live. And then on another screen, now that I got two screens in my office, which is sweet, <laughs> on another screen, uh, I I put up Reed Timmer. Who was chasing? Who was chasing storms up there in North Central Nebraska? And I just happened to turn it on. We're there in Spalding, Nebraska, and they they find what's called what they described as. I don't know exactly what what this means, but they described it as a wedge tornado. And they you know they they found it, and they're like, we're going to intercept this thing. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I can't wait to see what it means, but I have no idea what it means. And they basically have this vehicle that is tricked out to withstand tornadoes, and they figure out what the path of the tornado is, and they get that vehicle right in the middle of the uh, the the road, or they pull off the road, I suppose, um, right by where it's going to go by. They dig the spikes into the ground, they <laughs> anchor the thing down, and they just let the they they get that car so it can't be can't be moved or hopefully can't be moved by the tornado and you got to watch live while it was happening the tornado you could see it coming and then all of a sudden they're in the middle of it and there's debris all i mean all through it they're all screaming they're like my ears are popping and about 30 seconds later it you could see it go the other direction and they are all freaking out they're doing some serious weather nerding out right at that moment just like high-fiving and Everything that goes along with that, they got out of the car and looked at it go past. Now, the crazy thing is when they did that, if anybody else was watching, 
Like, so they're, they're hunkered down, they're anchored down, right, for this thing. You can just see the tornado coming kind of from the side and from the road. And two other cars that are not tornado-proof cars drive right into the middle of the <laughs> vortex of this tornado oh. around Spalding, Nebraska. And I'm just like, I hope they were okay because it uh, the the way that that thing looked it could have it looked like it could have moved them had they not been anchored down like the the I can't remember the name of the the car that they use is uh, but so that was crazy and then and then we had a series of tornado warnings uh, both in that area around the Columbus area uh, and then also to our south uh, southwest southeast I should say. To Lincoln's southeast, where there were tornado warnings, and I believe the number ended up, guys, around, was it 50? Is that right? Could that even be right? That's ridiculous. Just tons and tons of tornado warnings. I believe it set a record for the most tornado warnings uh, for for a one-day incident like that. Um, And so... It was it was something uh, on on that day, but yet, you know, for whatever reason, uh, Lincoln did stay basically. I mean, not only had severe weather not an issue, but basically dry the entire time. Now I know parts of, I think out in West Lincoln they actually got a little bit more rain, and it stopped the Nebraska baseball game from going on for an hour because there was lightning in the area, but. After all of that, what was a crazy weather day? So we never, you know, we at, at some point at about four thirty, you know, it was interesting. At about three, at about four o'clock, I texted my wife and I was like, "You might want to get home. This looks like it could get crazy." And then about a half hour later, I texted her after you know watching Rusty really carefully and hearing what he had to say. And I was like, "You know what? Never mind. I think you're going to be fine." <laughs> like it was that quick where it went from looking really impending to not too much here for. This area, so good. I'm glad that we didn't get the the severe weather and the tornadoes that other parts of the the state were dealing with, though. Uh, but it was a crazy night. So, and then sunny. They played a baseball game. The uh, outdoor events. Omaha ended up being being pretty clear as well, and so they got through their uh, the stuff. State baseball, state uh, yep. soccer. Chicago had their concert in Lincoln. So it all went down on Friday night, and a good weekend was had by all. I think. And uh, we arrive here to a new week today uh, with 54 degrees right now in the capital city. As I said, a little bit of rain. That is possible to get some more here over the course of most of the day. It looks like it's uh, keeping uh, keeping possible. And then as that the remnants of that low-pressure system move through, should end up the afternoon, late afternoon, evening uh, with, it, with it dry. And I need to mow tonight, so hopefully that'll, uh, that'll be okay with all of that. Um, All right, what do we have in the news today? Tomorrow is a big day in the Nebraska legislature. This is the day that the bill that is combining now transgender issues and the abortion issue will be heard. Uh, But significant news on this. uh, An article in the Nebraska Examiner uh, was published over the weekend, and they had a chance to uh, hear from Senator Merv Rippey, who is obviously a very key vote if you've been following what happened with the abortion abortion bill that was then called the heartbeat bill. At the time, he was opposed to it. He wanted to do an amendment that would make it 12 weeks. Uh, the amendment did not get adopted. He did not vote to foreclosure on the heartbeat bill. And so at that point, it looked like the issue might be done for the legislative session. It got brought back in this new bill. Uh, Senator Ben Hansen added that, uh, added this. This was, uh, also described as a 12 week ban, although it is measured 
from a uh, measured from a different time. It's fertilization versus gestation, and so. So people are saying, well, this if you're comparing apples to apples, the the Ben uh, the uh, repeat twelve week bill compared to, to uh, this new one, the new one is more like ten weeks if you if you use that one. And then uh, there wasn't an exception in the new one, or there isn't a new an exception in the new one for fetal fetal abnormalities, and so that's taking up some of the discussion about what is different. But bottom line on all this is, it sounds like from reading the article. Uh, where uh, Aaron Sandiford wrote this, that it sounds like Senator Reapy is um, is okay with this with this new new amendment, even though it's not the exact same thing that he he had proposed. And Mark, that would seem to indicate to me that you know, and you never know, you never know too, because as we've talked about, this is combined with another bill on the transgender issues. But at least on that narrow issue of abortion, it looks like they've got the votes to get past cloture now on that one uh, assuming yeah, nobody changes the other way right and the votes to pass it then. and then and then yeah which fewer you would need fewer then but yeah to get over that hurdle again i don't i don't want to declare that this bill is you know passed and done because like i said you've got it combined with other legislation in there and there might be someone who either who you know decides they don't like the new the new version? Who did like it prior, or isn't going to be a yes on something about the the Let Them Grow Act, the transgender uh, gender affirming therapies uh, uh, gender affirming therapies portion of this? So, uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm uh, I'm loath to go and like call this battle over in any sense. But <laughs> Senator Rippey's, but Senator Rip, that was the big thing. I, I mean, that was yeah. the one question I had was whether yep. or not he would sign on to this. And I figured they had had conversations with him or they wouldn't have gone forward. Yeah, they, they've, they've counted the votes or this wouldn't be up for discussion, yeah. in my opinion. So, so after it looked like, I mean, after it looked like this thing was done, they were they were celebrations that it looked like this was over. They were printing up. I saw. I read somewhere that they had printed up, uh, printed up T-shirts and you could buy them in Omaha that said, Hot Merv Summer celebrating <laughs> Senator Rippey wow. uh, and his his uh, non-vote. And now he, the people who are celebrating him are going to turn pretty quickly on him after this whole thing, if this goes like it looks like it's going to. Yeah. Well, the, the more conservative side actually was pretty pretty rough on him, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, when he didn't vote. And now maybe they'll flip, too, right? Now yeah. we'll probably have the... The governor, instead of calling him out in a statement, is going to be giving a pat on and, pat on the back in this whole and thing. And you know very well that the lawsuits are are already prepared. It's just a matter of yeah. if this gets signed. And, and it's interesting, too. One of the things Rippey said in the Nebraska Examiner article was that he thought that this new bill was less susceptible to lawsuits than the heartbeat bill. It was less fraught with legal peril. Um Potentially, and I, you know, I'm, I don't know for sure if that's true or not. But that was that was one of the things why he hesitated. One of the reasons why he hesitated on the initial bill too. I would imagine he meant successful lawsuits. Yes, there's right. going to be one regardless. Le- yes, less less susceptible to being overturned by the judicial branch. It'll be interesting um, to see what the governor has to say about this. Yeah. Yep. His statewide uh, broadcast is this afternoon. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I'll keep it clean in here then.
Very good. <laughs> I won't leave my Diet Mountain Dew bottle out here for him. That would be a nice gesture by me when the governor comes into the uh, when the governor comes into the studio. Yeah, you're exactly right. There could be some some real interesting news and content. And, and there, he, he may not want to comment on it until it's cleared. You know. Yeah, I'd be interested. I, I'll, I'd be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say about his interactions with Senator Rippey, though. That that will be very fascinating, among other things. And then we always get some. You know, there's always there's always a lot of news there, and then there's always some interesting calls, which are also oh, <laughs> part part and parcel of the whole thing, right, Mark? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are those are always good. Those are always good. Uh, I was very intrigued with your story, Mark, about a fox showing up at someone's door. Animal Thunder. Yeah, you definitely got Jack's attention with the fox story. <laughs> he just, uh, you know, wanted a little snack, I guess. Opens yeah. the door up. You're like, get out of here. And it just walks right in. Yep. Up, went upstairs, got in a bedroom, and I don't know whether it took a nap or not, but. Got it. Like it was like a toy room, like a playroom, yeah. I think, for a kid uh, that was up there. Now, I'm just trying to imagine. If that exact same scenario happened at my house, <laughs> and my dog who loses his mind if he sees any other moving creature of any sort, but if a fox came in here, I do not know. I don't. It would either be it would either be like uh, it would be like greyhound races uh, with a fox and a non greyhound. Or it would be a wrestling match. I have no idea. But it would be complete chaos. It would not have ended as well as that one seems to have No, there would have, have been ended. significant amounts of construction and remodeling that would have to be redone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And speaking of construction, I want to go over this a little bit more detail uh, at 710 this morning. But, man, Mark, uh, this is sort of this is sort of the day, the unofficial. It's been happening in some places, but the unofficial beginning of summer construction season is really beginning today if you look at some of these projects yep. that they're going to get going with, um, <laughs> including about four places on 48th Street. <laughs> so, well, it needs it. Yeah. Oh, but- yeah. Yeah, but yeah, to have that much of Forty Eighth Street just taken out of yes, uh, and there's one one particular area where they've been going for a while that some business owners are are frustrated with how much it just how much it'll be shut down. Uh, so I'm going to go over all of those uh, all of those new closings, but there always seems to be sort of a fulcrum point here as you get toward the summer where you're like. Wow, the, the road construction took a big upturn here, and it impacts like everywhere that I'm going to be going. You might feel that today or this week for the first time. And this would be a good time to say, folks, why don't you give the zipper merge a try? Mm. You know, Thank you. It, let's, this you is know, the summer we need to. Yeah, let's just. But, but again, I don't know. I don't know that I want it because I still do it, right? I still go in the short lane. And I still do it, and I still get in every time. It's sort of like my secret weapon with this whole thing. If you, you just get in the short lane, and eventually you get in there, you put the blinker out. People are, like, willing to let you in, or somebody Some is. people are. Someone is. But you just need one. You just right. need one. Even that's if uh, four pass and the fifth guy or gal lets you in, that's enough. But I agree, in principle, it's time. It's time. And this year where you've got a lot of places that are going two lane down to one lane, which is what a lot of these projects are, this is the perfect time to start saying, you know what? Okay. So number one, if there's nobody in the lane that's closed, get in there. Get in there and get that blinker on. People will see that you're doing it and see that it works. Then they'll do it. And if you're in the other lane, 
and somebody's trying to do that and they've taken the time to come up there, don't, you know, it's not time to teach them a lesson about fairness. Okay? It's not lesson time. You you let them in. You let them in at that but point. But it's also time for Lincoln on the Move uh, LTU to put some signs up. That just say to do it? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Nope. I've never I, seen one. Oh, yeah. Up Minnesota, they've got yeah. them all the time. You know, merge at, uh, you know, use both lanes to merge yeah. point is what it that says. That would be good. And then the one lane is going to be backed up into another intersection. Yeah. Uh, which can be an issue. Which has happened quite a bit on northbound 84th over here. Yep. And um, and then real quick, uh, Caleb, uh, Nebraska baseball. I did the uh, oh, did, did something little, good happen did over the, the math weekend? with the standings, and uh, they're going to Omaha for the Big Ten tournament. They didn't even. Need I wouldn't this trust next your weekend. math. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I had the math out there, and then uh, <laughs> did you Mc see Mc my Mc thread Mc with McMaster? He's like going through this whole thing, verifying it, and I'm like, no, it's right. And then he's like, well, I don't think it is. And he's like, no, I think it is. And he's like, yeah, but what about this? And I'm like, no, I think it's right. And then uh, Guys, a few minutes later, he was like, hey, I think we're good. They made it. And I was like, I know. I looked at it. You can eyeball the math, guys. It's not. Like McMaster. It's not like that big of an equation. There's not 17 games there's, to go. Yes. There's no. <laughs> Illinois just doesn't have enough games, nor does Minnesota, to have better in the standings in Nebraska. And then there are only eight teams left, so you can't be he, worse than eight. He was using chat Yeah, maybe. But uh, Chicago math. There it is. So Nebraska now working on their seed next week, but they'll be going to Omaha. All right, we'll take a break. 625 on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Yeah, welcome back. 54 degrees in the capital city right now at 637. Tell you what, guys. If I had uh, had the audacity to make one 60-degree guarantee when we had uh, talked about doing it a couple of weeks ago, I think today might have been the day that I lost it. I think today might might not crack the 6-0 today. The forecast on my screen says 58. Yeah, it says so. it's going to get close, but not quite. This, this might, but this might be the last day that uh, that that's actually uh, in play for Lincoln. It, it'd be pretty late. I mean, usually, usually we're we're past that by this point here in mid-May. I I happen to have a lot of knowledge on when that tends to uh, <laughs> it tends to happen. Uh, just a, a check of radar here too. Rain wise, right now it's a big splotch from 
You know, the top line of it goes from Nebraska City to Beatrice to Concordia, Kansas. And so it's uh, sort of the area that always feels like it gets a ton of rain where it's happening right now. A little, You're getting a little, some trickles out of that system that are coming up here north of that to Lincoln. But so far, it's kind of staying that way. The whole thing does look like it's moving a bit north, though. So uh, perhaps that thing gets up here in the next couple of hours and gets a little bit more moisture. I mean, if it's listen, if it's going to be cloudy, cloudy and cool and crappy like this outside, might as well give us some rain out of this whole thing as well. So perhaps that is coming a little bit later today. All right, time for our sound off. A new week. Congress ready to go and discuss the debt ceiling. Uh, they're kind of at a uh, at a crunch point here for this to get this thing done one way or the other. How are those negotiations going to go to this week? The debt ceiling, border security, and immigration are being hotly debated in the halls of Congress. Both parties will be watching a scheduled meeting between President Biden and bipartisan leaders in Congress, as many Republicans say they want spending cuts to address the national debt in exchange for raising the debt ceiling, while Democrats say they want it raised without concessions. With Title 42 expired and a surge of migrants at the southern border, Independent Senator Kirsten Sinema and Republican Tom Tillis are trying to get bipartisan support on a bill that would allow the government to expel certain migrants in the country illegally. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, a little bit of a closer look on uh, on that debt ceiling debate specifically here. California Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna says the best way to get a cash infusion is to go to those who have more of it. Increase taxes on the wealthy. We would make sure that billionaires had to pay at least a 25% minimum tax. Florida Republican Congressman Byron Donalds argues the end of a health emergency means more fiscal responsibility. It's time to bring spending levels back to pre-COVID, and then we can talk about raising the debt ceiling. Both appeared on Fox News Sunday. The Treasury continues to point to June 1st as the day the U.S. could default on its bills without a debt ceiling deal. Gernal Scott. Fox News. Uh, all right, uh, don't look at your calendar, but that's in two weeks. So, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe want to figure this out. You know what? That discussion there is actually it's, pleasant. Probably isn't the right word, but it's weirdly it's we it's weirdly grounding for me because you've got the Republicans taking a more conservative position and the Democrats taking a more liberal position when it comes to. And, and you might say, Jack, that's what they always do. No, they don't anymore. That's the thing that is crazy about about politics. And it used to be that Republicans were about small government conservatism and the Democrats were more about a larger federal government presence uh, just generally. I mean, I'm, all of this, all of this stuff I studied in college as a poli sci major, it's like all of it's out the door today. In terms and and people throw around you know these terms as pejoratives now, conservative, liberal, and and what they mean, but all kinds of things that supposed supposed conservatives are are doing and proposing are really about strengthening and making a bigger federal government in a lot of cases or state government in some some cases as well and vice versa. It's I mean those terms are so they mean something completely different than than they used to um honestly it feel listen it feels like to me it's got less to do with the role of government and the proper 
proper role of government, these debates that we seem to we used to have constantly as a country, and it's just it's just uh, pro woke, anti woke. Now, I mean that's that's what it is, and and what you you and then the government can do whatever they want to achieve whichever direction you want to go with that. Essentially, like that's what it feels like right now. And so, hearing actually two opposing members of Congress taking their traditional positions on these things is weirdly comforting to me <laughs> in this whole thing. Well, and I think a big part of that is you have the terms conservative and liberal, but then when it becomes, well, we're just going to take this side because it's this side and it's not what we would traditionally expect. We don't know what to expect out of our elected officials. Right. And so now when it's, okay, I know I have an idea of what side you're going to take on certain topics. Yeah. But I mean, it is transformed to, I've got these ends that want to be met and I want the government to take on whatever role they need to, to get these ends met when it used to be the philosophy is about the government. Yeah. Not about the ends. It's about the means. And that's what the philosophy used to be. But now it's okay. Government can do whatever, you know, whatever, as long as it's going toward the, the, the ends in this yeah. thing. And that means liberals seem like conservatives and conservatives seems like liberal with respect to their theory on how mm-hmm. government should work. It's all upside down. And so when people come up and they want to label, label me or anyone else as one thing or the other, first thing I say is, well, what do you mean by that term? <laughs> yep. Because it doesn't mean what it used to. Government can be as big or as small or spend as much or as little as I need it to for whatever I want it to be. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the new. Um, <laughs> if yeah. I'm not in charge, I'm going to need that government to be smaller and spend less. If I'm in charge, let's bloat this thing up a little bit and spend a little bit yep. more. Yep. Uh, or or take action, you know, uh, or or have expanded powers. Yeah, right. Yeah, do- that that's the other thing. It had to do with limited power, limited yep. scope, local control, local control, local control, local con- control on everything, schools, everything, mm-hmm. all of those things. That's I mean, geez, that's a that seems like a cute bygone era that we don't have <laughs> anymore with things. Um, but yeah, that's why if you're throwing out those labels, like you. Just, I don't know that I don't know that those exist anymore in the way that they used to. Uh, all right, other things. Speaking of uh, speaking of that, so did you hear uh, Trump was supposed to be in Des Moines over the weekend, uh, and that was on Saturday, right? That was on on Saturday, and they were getting all the storms in Iowa that we were getting the day before there, and so Trump had to cancel his event. But DeSantis was already there, and he made hay out of Trump not being there. Former president himself announcing on True Social that he has had to postpone that major rally that he was planning to have in Des Moines, Iowa. They were saying they expected a pretty large turnout posting that it was sold out. But Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida was here in Iowa talking with hundreds of supporters. He talked about a wide range of issues, really hammering home on the White House, saying they have not done the job that they should have and focusing on our southern border. The Florida governor had a quite a warm welcome here in Sioux Center, Iowa. It's a glimpse, though, into what might be in store for 2024. So there you go. So after he was in Sioux Center, by the way, that's old Miles stomping ground, uh, northwest Iowa there. Uh, he came after Trump canceled his uh, his rally there. Uh, DeSantis said, hey, this is an opportunity 
Trump's not going to be there. What if we go down there, since we're already here, what if we go down there to Des Moines and we say, hey, we're willing to to have this. And so he goes down to uh, Jethro's Barbecue Southside, a Des Moines staple. People love been there. them some Jethro's Barbecue. Yep. Uh, and so he went down there, which is kind of in that in that area where they were going to have that that rally there, and stood on a table and did a little impromptu uh, barbecue political stump there in Des Moines. So, uh, so. He still hasn't declared, though, right? Nope. <laughs> what, what, okay. Remember, he had like that really weird face. That's, was like, oh, I yeah. haven't declared. Well, no, That's no, right. no, no, no. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that was. Uh, it was. <laughs> this was. Uh, and then, and then, apparently, like this is the Fox News article about this whole thing about the cancellation. While the campaign cited tornado watches and the potential for severe weather, the explanation drew skepticism from Iowa officials that the former president may have feared a smaller than expected crowd at the event. Really? Huh. Well, that, interesting. That would have surprised. I mean, honestly, it would surprise me a little bit, but I don't know. The weather did seem bad. All right, other things. That we've got going on today. Oh boy, another state, guys. We're about to be, you know, had South Dakota voted yes on their recreational marijuana ballot initiative that they had a few months ago, we would be starting to kind of get closed in on all the borders with marijuana, uh, with marijuana legal states. Now, Iowa isn't there yet. Obviously, Kansas isn't there yet. But we've got another one that's not a border state, but is in the area that looks like they're about to say yes to this, too. The state of Minnesota is taking another step toward adult recreational marijuana use. State lawmakers met on Friday for the first time to resolve differences between House and Senate bills. The major differences in those bills centering on how much pot will be taxed and how much of it you can have at home. More meetings are expected over the next few days to hammer out a final bill with retail licenses likely coming 12 to 16 months after it passes. Minnesota is looking to join 22 other states and Washington, D.C. in legalizing recreational marijuana. Paul Stevens, Fox News. All right. So you've got uh, Minnesota does it. So that'll be uh, it is a yes in uh, for recreational in Colorado, Missouri, uh, in terms of border states, now uh, Wyoming, Kansas have nothing legal. Uh, Iowa and South Dakota both have uh, medical legal, so that's the uh, that's the state of that. And then Minnesota, but basically the entire West, with the exception of Idaho, Wyoming, and Utah, entire West, the, it's all legal. All of those places yeah. there, and then the almost the entire Northeast, uh, with the exception, I believe, of Massachusetts, but Maine, Vermont, New York. Um, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, legal all the way there. So it's it's basically that. And then now Missouri, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota. So kind of the I don't know what to call that area exactly. I mean, some people would just call that the Midwest, at least a portion of the the Midwest that it's uh, growing there. But the the big, but no no in the entire Southeast. Knowing that entire block right now of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, uh, as well, Oklahoma, all the way straight down through the map. Uh, all right, what else do we? Have? Let's uh, t- a little bit of look back. We mentioned this here uh, about the uh, just the unprecedented level of tornadic action and tornado warnings that there were Friday in Nebraska. This is a, a clip from uh, from Saturday after the fact. 
and taking a look back on what was a really an extreme weather day in Nebraska on Friday. This was a dangerous situation yesterday. 50 warnings issued for the state of Nebraska yesterday, the most ever in one day. The storm was moving up to the north, veering around this area of low pressure counterclockwise. So normally the storms go to the northeast. A lot of them are going to the northwest. So they were taking the left turns. Quite an active day. We even saw a wedge tornado, one of those massive tornadoes down on the ground in Nebraska yesterday live. Today, we've got the chance for some severe weather over portions right. of Texas He's and Oklahoma. He's talking about Saturday, so, so that, that uh, part is outdated. But just in terms of the volumes, it was over 50 warnings that they had. And so that was a, that was a record for the state of Nebraska. That was wild to, was, to kind of follow along the, the weather on where we were. We were happy to have gotten out there Thursday and not, not delayed and gone out Friday because we had my, um, I had my cousins and we had family drive in from Iowa. So they took I 80 all the way across just like we did. Um, but my sister and her family came over, um, Friday from up in the Ainsworth area. Oh boy. Or yeah. So, so they just barely missed everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, you talked about the direction that it was moving. If you looked at the radar, it looked like a big hook basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's because things would fire up from the South and then we get pulled to the west by that low pressure system. And when it made the left turn, essentially, to the west is when the tornado started firing up. and and then on the backside of it, it just turned out to be regular rain after it after they made the left turn and started to get close to that low pressure thing. But it was this huge. I mean, there was not much else going on in the entire country yeah. with severe weather, and there was this just huge hook looking thing of storms mm-hmm. right in right in Nebraska. That of course had a little break right where Lincoln was. Yeah, that but, tends to happen. But but nonetheless, um, that yeah. that that radar was wild to watch on Friday. It it really was. And then the boxes with a. Watches and warnings yeah. in the north, north central, northeast, Nebraska, north central Nebraska was just it was crazy. Uh, I don't know, I don't know how concerned you are about eating weird colored foods, but if you want to celebrate the new Spider Man movie, <laughs> I don't know that I would do this, but you can do this if you would like to try. Burger King is out again. Burger King is closing locations, but they said we've got the solution. We're going to get people back here in in droves. With the new Spider-Man burger. Combine Burger King and the new Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse movie, and what do you get? A red Whopper. The collaboration to promote the film ahead of its June 2nd release begins today, with the burger getting a red bun with black sesame seeds. It's inspired by the suit Miles Morales wears in the film. The Whopper isn't the only menu item getting a Spidey-themed makeover. Burger King will also have a Spider-Verse Sunday, a dish of ice cream topped with black and red chocolate candies. The promotion runs through June 21st. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. You willing to eat a red bun? I remember uh, when I was was in elementary school, occasionally there would be somebody who would bring their cold lunch to school and they would have that, remember that rainbow bread you could get at some, did they not have that in Loop City? It was just bread, but it was just, it looked like a tie-dyed shirt, basically. Okay. Uh, and I assume it was just just food coloring, like <laughs> copious levels of food coloring in the whole thing. And some our options were wider wheat. Yeah, not they had the they had the uh, the rainbow bread. And wasn't trying to make any political statement either. <laughs> it was just it was just wildly colored, and that was like a thing that I was always, always jealous of that kids had. Um, now I don't quite know what it would be doing to my <laughs> to my body, but <laughs> nonetheless. Nonetheless, uh, uh, the uh, the folks at Burger King are going. They tried the black bun a while back. Do you remember that? 
They had something mm-hmm. with a completely black bun. They did that, too. All right, and speaking of movies, uh, what was winning at the box office this weekend? Let's find out. Marvel superhero film, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, coming in first place, pulling in $60.5 million in its second week. The galaxy still needs its guardians. Second place, a Super Mario Brothers movie, with $13 million in its sixth weekend. Actor Chris Pratt in both, starring as Star-Lord in Guardians and as a voice of Mario. <laughs> The animated film has made over a billion dollars globally. Book Club, the next chapter, rounds out the top three films with $6.5 million. Joe Chiro, Fox News. Chris Pratt, making dough. Big year, making, making money. Dough. 655, we'll take a break. Tell NK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're... I'll just Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Oh, boy. It's the beginning of a special time of year today. And I'm going to tell you what to expect with road construction season 2023. The areas that you might... uh, Hopefully, they're not areas that you're traveling every single day. But uh, we'll let you know about where those are. And we've got an Animal Thunderdome update for Lincoln, Nebraska, too. And this is beyond the fox showing up at somebody's house as well. We've got to talk about Animal Thunderdome and where we stand in May 2023 in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we will do just that coming up here in about 10 minutes. So stay tuned for that. Plus, we're going to have the five things you're going to be talking about today with your morning drive. That's coming up at 735. A little bit later in the show, Tim Ruza will join us. On the eve of what is going to be a very big day in the Nebraska legislature. And uh, we'll also have Mike Schaefer, Talk Huskers, with us coming up at 8.35. So we are set to go for a busy Monday morning. It's 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back on your Monday morning. It's 7-11 on May 15th, 2023. 54 degrees in the capital city. A lot of cloud cover out there right now. Hoping that we'll... uh, Developed maybe into a little bit more rain today. Uh, right now, though, the lion's share of the precipitation is to our south and east. Uh, looks like we might have some northern movement, though, to that right now. Uh, the 
the heaviest rain right along the Nebraska-Kansas border, uh, Thayer County, believe it or not, and uh, moving up toward Beatrice. Uh, but it does look like we're getting some northern movement in that entire system that could produce some more significant rain uh, into the midday hours today and uh, tapering off into the evening tonight. Uh, so a couple of things I want I want to touch on here. Real quick, I... Despite the weather today, uh, that may hamper or slow down some of this on this whole thing. Uh, today feels like, to me, the official beginning of summer road construction season. Uh, and that always, uh, I, there have been years. And I, first of all, it's always a little bit of a conundrum because we all want better streets. A lot of us talk about how we want better streets. We want turn lanes where there need to be turn lanes. We want we want better quality seats where there are. And then there's also a tendency to complain about road construction uh, happening too much, too often, all of these things as well. I think I've been guilty probably of that combination of things over the years. But I I, I just... I had summers, especially when my kids were younger and I was bringing them places constantly during the summer. And it just seemed like every place, every camp, every practice that we went to was very difficult to get to because of road construction. Every year, I swear, it's right around right around the day camps or the basketball practices or anything that I've been uh, bringing my kids to when they were younger. But really get going with it. Today, and so I just wanted to give a little bit of a roadmap, no pun intended, of the projects that will be getting started if they aren't getting started today are going to be getting started in the next few days. And you can start to feel out if this is going to be a situation where you're going to be impacted significantly. And uh, I mean, start with saying uh, 48th Street, 48th Street just has a lot of work happening on it. Totally. I mean, for, you've got you got 48th between Old Cheney and Briar Park. Uh, they're going to have northbound closures there, so that'll be something. You've got right over here by us, 48th from O to the Target driveway. They're going to be working on that northbound and southbound lane closures for for utility work there. You go up further on North 48th. Uh, further up by Unit Place, or excuse me, by College View, I should say, um, and they're they're doing some. No, you had it right the first time, but Unit Place area neighborhood, they're doing work there as well. So, forty eighth from South into Central Lincoln is seeing uh, seeing construction work there, and I mean, let's be honest, forty eighth is already sort of a notoriously, especially from uh, say O Street to I don't know how far down you want to go with this. O Street to Old Cheney almost has been kind of historically because it's just it's just two lanes most of the way through there, maybe with a middle left turn lane. And so that's always a bit of an issue getting through in those areas. So you've got that. But if you're not talking about 48th, also uh, 56 Vine to T Street, 66th Vine to Q Street. So, uh, so you got that kind of in Midtown Lincoln, and then you've got 70th from Badger to Pine Lake. Northbound is going to be closed there. 70th from Garland to Layton, back up in Northeast Lincoln there. 84th from Sandalwood to O. You're going to have lane closures there for a paving project. So that's kind of uh, straight East Central Lincoln there. Then way on the west side, you have West Day from Southwest 15th to Southwest 17th. You have the westbound lanes closed there for street right repair. And then Cornhusker from 27th to State Fair Park Drive. 
eastbound, outside lanes, closure for manhole repairs. Oh, we got you covered, though, downtown Lincoln. We got K Street from 14th to 16th, lane closure for sidewalk repair. And then we got O Street, also right in our neighborhood here, 50 to 46, westbound lanes closed for utility work. So I would say they've spread it around the city of Lincoln pretty well because I had uh, far west, we had southwest, we had northeast, we had downtown, we had midtown Lincoln, we had all of those things there uh, combined in this whole thing. So just a couple of things to keep your eye out for as you're uh, as you starting to move around during this soon-to-be soon to be summer season with a couple of weeks of school left. Then the other thing that I wanted to touch on here this morning, we already covered the story this morning, which Mark had in his newscast. A woman is bringing her groceries in here in Lincoln and uh, opens the door, and there's a fox sitting there right at the, right at the doorstep like it's uh, selling Girl Scout cookies or something and tries to shoo it away. Won't go it will go away and makes its way into the house up into uh, what I understand is a, a bedroom playroom type situation. And so they call animal control, get them out. The, the fox isn't injured. They set it off into the wild. Nobody is injured. And the whole thing was was a bit of a, um, you know, I guess maybe an interesting story to tell at cocktail hour. But I saw this story, too. Speaking of an, animal Thunderdome in Lincoln. Animal Control said this uh, this weekend, this is in a story from 1011 News, that they have received 15 coyote-related calls in 2023, okay? 15 of them that they've gotten so far. Okay. So, and it, it does make you wonder how often, when are people calling if they see, see one of these going around? Because I've seen one, one live... And I, I told the story. It was just in in my neighborhood. It was at a little before dusk, and I warned a dude who was walking his dogs right into it. Like, you might want to watch out. <laughs> There's a coyote just standing on the sidewalk right over here, uh, and the coyote had moved by the time that he got over there with the dogs. And then it's I've also had him picked up on my security camera, like outside of my house, as well. And so you hear that there have been 15 calls at that point. And it makes you, I don't think people are calling every time they've seen, because honestly, I never even thought if I just saw one roaming around in the neighborhood, it never even occurred to me that I should make a call to animal control if I saw that there, because I'm not sure exactly what they would, I don't think they're going to relocate it. I don't know. Maybe they just want to know where they're showing up here at this point. But evidently, this is the time of year that you're going to be seeing a lot more of these because they're looking for food to feed the feed the babies to feed the baby coyotes and the one that i saw when the guy was walking his dog right by it he kind of cleared out of the area that he was and went into a grassy kind of common area behind the houses and what he was doing at that point he or she i guess was doing at that point was it had found a rabbit that was running around in the grass down there and had decided to pick it up in its mouth, and fling it up in the air as high as it could, <laughs> let it hit the ground, and then do that again. I'm assuming that rabbit was dinner for the young pups. Right. Now that I know the uh, the the situation here at this point. But it's happening 
a lot more. So animal control is out patrolling these areas where the coyotes have been reported, um, doing kind of face-to-face education that's out there. But they are also taking calls from the public regarding sighting locations and those sorts of things. So you can, if you, uh, if you, I will, maybe I will make sure next time I, I see one, I let them know where it is exactly. But I know... I know there's a lot of them around Holmes Lake, too. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the sightings end up happening. Well, I, I would venture a guess that the majority of sightings aren't called in. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, the they've vast, had 15 vast of them majority. called in, and I've had two of them, so, and I haven't. And so I can't imagine. There's got to be a ton more than this. But the, 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 apparently the problem of the, the problem, like animal control has had to come out and say, look, when they're coming close to humans... It's often due to people who are feeding them. So do not feed them. Which I would never consider doing that. I would never. Listen, I, I see that thing in my neighborhood and I'm like, yeah. So are, is the feeding, you see them, so you just toss some food out and then just kind of like leave it? I have it? no idea. Are people doing this? What are they feeding? Like, I'm curious how this whole thing even works. Do they keep? Are they just walking around and they've got dog treats with them for their own dog and they just start throwing them out to the coyote? Well, because we have our apartment complex is overrun with raccoons. If if you're looking for a place animal control. Oh, we got another Animal Thunderdome update. (laughs) Tanglewood Apartments, if you want to find some raccoons. Um, Just living in the sewers. Um, But our, our joke is always that... When, like, if we fill up a trash bag because we live in an apartment, so it's not going to go into a, uh, like, the trash bin and then you roll it out to the curb, it's we set it on our porch and then when we have a moment, we'll walk it out to the trash cans. So we set it on the porch and we're like, okay, make sure we don't forget that so that the raccoons don't run up on our porch. But our joke is always that if you have, we'll have a rotisserie chicken and we'll pull a bunch off of there and make some stuff, but there's always like a little bit left. Yeah. Like you never get 100% of the meat right. off of that. Yes. So I was like, all right, well, we're feeding the raccoons tonight. Oh yeah. Like you just know that when you go and you put it out there, but man, they are, they are all over the place. But with us knowing that we're not going and just setting down that chicken carcass right next to the sewer saying, come on out guys, <laughs> look at us feeding you. <laughs> Be friends. That well, that was one of the. They were like, keep sources of food away from wildlife. So garbage, pet food, bird feeders, squirrel feeders, brush piles, compost piles, that that sort of stuff. And so uh, that's d- a concern as well. Dakota but. on the Rickstein Recognition text line just sent us a bunch of pictures from uh, from some videos of foxes playing in his backyard. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I I am sure. Just like multiple foxes. Yeah. Yeah. No, the funniest, the the I don't know, funny, but I was driving around in my own neighborhood and I saw a, a, a fox walking right in the circle in the the paved area, middle of the daylight, in the paved circle, and then just jumps down the storm sewer. Storm sewer. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god, what? That's where the raccoons live in in our complex, and you just know what you, an interesting world that must be down there. What what is that world looking like? Just all of the animals in Lincoln. Congregating, right? The the actual underground. Yes, there's a parallel Lincoln down there, run by the animals that can fit through that thing. I don't think the coyotes can fit down there. I don't think they can slither into that thing, probably, unless they're <laughs> they're babies. But who else is living in this undercity? Are, the foxes and the raccoons, and the uh, well, the uh, possums are definitely down there too, right? You definitely have the possums that are down there. 
without oh, a Brad doubt. Fox Hollow just sent us a picture. He's got a yeah. caught a coyote on one of the, his cameras. Is that just uh, walking up a street? Yep. You'll. I mean, like, what do I do? What do you do if you see? Like, are you supposed to? Is that a? Is that a? Is I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Is that a scenario where I need to be alerting someone? Because or or is this probably is this like or is it okay? Can we coexist? Can't, maybe we can coexist here at this point. There, I mean, there. As far as I know, there aren't there aren't issues with them attacking humans. Now, I do know that there was this year, and this has happened in the past. Um, there, a small dog was killed by a coyote in a confirmed incident this year. I remember the last time there was a summer where it felt like there were tons of them. Especially, this was a few years back as well, um, and there were small dogs that fell victim to the coyotes as well. And so that's obviously a terrible situation yeah. for the dog owners as well, but. Beyond that, like you're not, you're not like getting rid of them, right? I mean, animal control obviously isn't like getting rid of them or anything. So I don't really know. I'm not calling animal control if I see a fox on the street. Yeah, because they're just doing like education not, on it. Not, There's not like a giant relocation effort. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's the other thing with this thing. So I, I don't know. I just I think it's interesting. It is still pretty stunning though when you're in the in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Even even when you see a fox, still for me, I, even though and now it's super common, but when you see these coyotes now, and I've probably seen them live in the neighborhood, probably three times, mm-hmm. and on camera, probably another three to five times as well. It's still pretty stunning. Yeah, my it really thing, makes me feel tough. My sure, okay. It makes it makes me feel like I'm living out in the frontier country. My th- my th- yeah, I spent the weekend in Cheyenne. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is the the further into the city that you see it, it's not just like a new residential that just got built on the outskirts. Right. It's the further in that you right. see them. Yeah, that, and that's, again, yeah. I think I think it's largely around Holmes Lake, yeah. and that's a big part of it as well. So, interesting stuff there. 726, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. In wintertime, you can have severe storms. Check closings and cancellations. You have to be up to date on the weather. At KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, let's get things started today with number five. Last month, uh, State Senator Merv Reepy was the reason the Nebraska legislature fell a single vote short of outlawing abortions after an ultrasound detects embryonic cardiac activity. That's typically at about six weeks. Reepy's new deal, though, with his conservative colleagues contains a stricter ban than he proposed and could spur the ban's passage tomorrow as it's taken up in the unicameral. Big article in the Nebraska Examiner this morning that lays out all the details. 
the change on the the what they're from fertilization to gestation. So that's the change that was uh, proposed by uh, Senator Ben Hansen. Right. And so that means in practice that perhaps this is a bit, the ban could take place a little earlier based on the the way that it was being discussed in terms of the weeks before. So if you're using the same standard that you were when you were talking about Rippies, that was about Bill, that was 12, 12 weeks, weeks this, it would be like 10 weeks, yeah. right? And right? Is that correct in, correct in saying that? But the big story out of this, this whole thing um, in that Aaron Sanderford article is that it sounds like Rippie is, even though it's not exactly the same as his amendment and what he wanted to see happen, as we just discussed, he sounds like he's still behind it. He's ready. To, he, he said something to the effect in the article of, we can't keep arguing about this forever. And so it looks like they've got his very key support for this bill, uh, which includes more than obviously just the just the abortion issue. This is the one that also includes uh, the gender-affirming care uh, issues for minors. And so, but it sounds like at least at least on that part of it, uh, Senator Rippey is is going to be a go on this. And we talked about this earlier, Mark. That you, you obviously wondered once that this this new part of the bill came out. You kind of wondered, okay, did they basically consult with him and say, hey, would you be in favor if we did this? Because otherwise, I don't think they would have brought it and endangered the rest of the bill from going under because of all of this. So I figured they had some sense that he would be for it, and he basically has come out and said as much now. Right, and this is combined with the Let Them Grow Act portion. And as I understand it, the amendment now that would be included in this bill is that it would just outlaw surgical procedures for anyone under 18 in the uh, gender-affirming here. Okay. So then it's up for a challenge, probably, if it's passed. Uh, you, you, well, you know it's going to be challenged. Yeah, both of these on, on both yeah, of all them, parts yeah. of it, right? And and maybe and maybe there'll be a challenge not only on the subject matter, which is what Rippy was concerned about with the heartbeat bill, but there might also be essentially the the a challenge procedurally on the whether or not this was allowable under the single the issue. single single issue sort of doctrine, which may or may not exist, or we don't know exactly <laughs> how it exists in the in the Nebraska legislature. But yeah, I mean, boy, you don't want to, you know. You, you don't want to plan on anything for sure, but it sure sounds, Mark, like after especially this abortion one looked like it wasn't going to happen this session, it looks like the votes are there. I could be mistaken. There could be there could be some, you know, that maybe there are maybe there are state senators, too, that say this isn't strict enough so they won't support it. Maybe there's going to be something that catches on the transgender part of this whole thing, but I don't know. It's right now. It looks like this. They may. This may actually get pulled off after a lot of times thinking that it it wouldn't. Um, yeah, I thought it was dead. It, it, I, yeah, I, I really did. So and boy, this will be. Uh, I can't imagine what debate is going to be like in the on this when it comes to the floor on Tuesday. Just given where where this has been so far. It's been a four-day weekend for the senators, so I'm sure they've heard yeah. from a lot of constituents on yeah. this. Yeah, but it'll be, again, I, I assume it'll be, especially on the vote, if, if they're assuming it gets to a vote, where to stop filibuster and vote to move for cloture, that it's going to be just a razor-thin margin once again on this whole thing. Probably one vote, and one vote could de- derail it if that actually happens. But 
Yeah, it's uh, quite a quite a turn of events in this whole thing with the Nebraska legislature, and we'll have a much better idea after tomorrow's debate about what is going to happen going forward. This is on. Is this? I'm sorry if you don't know. Is this on? Still on the second reading now of this bill? Did it have to go back because there uh, is an amendment on this? I believe. In my understanding, uh, I'll check for sure. Yep. So, but this is an amendment to the Let Them Grow Act. Right. Right. All right. Moving on. Number four. I guess who was in Iowa for campaign events? Maybe Florida Governor Ron DeSantis actually went to Des Moines after being in Sioux Center and Cedar Rapids, but he made the surprise trip to Des Moines because President Trump canceled his event Saturday, so DeSantis went there. Now, he hasn't even announced yet, but he sure looks like he's court and vote. He was up chilling in Sioux Center, Iowa, the great metropolis of Sioux Center, Iowa. <laughs> Uh, which a, a has sub- a suburb of Sioux City, by the way. Which has a well, yeah, a suburb in that it's forty five minutes away. But yes, it's a suburb of Orange City. Get it okay. straight, Mark. <laughs> right. uh, they have a Walmart there, though, which is, was a big deal for me, circa nineteen ninety eight. But so Trump cancels this event that he was having, and so DeSantis heads down to Des Moines, where the event was supposed to be. He drives from Sioux Center, I guess, down down to Des Moines. Goes to a Jethro's barbecue, which if you are uh, if you've got any familiarity with Des Moines, Caleb, they love their Jethro's barbecue down they, there. Yeah, you don't it cancel is. on Jethro's. You don't, and so and then stands on a table and addresses the crowd outside and remarks that it's a beautiful night. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Trump canceled because of the tornado uh, warnings r- and severe weather, right? So. But the. And then this Fox News article about this says, while the campaign cited tornado watches and potential for severe weather, the explanation drew skepticism from Iowa officials and speculation online. The former president may have feared a smaller than expected crowd at the event. Really? I know. That's a a little hard. He seems to be riding a kind of a wave of momentum right now. So that sort of that sort of would surprise me if that were actually the case. But but he also it also does seem a little I am a little surprised to be canceling these things about just for the potential of severe weather. That doesn't sound very Trumpy either. So I don't know. Maybe this is the uh, maybe this is the beginning of this thing actually heightening. But DeSantis actually has to jump in the fray here at some point to actually do that. They're going to be all hanging out in Iowa for quite some time. He's in the fray. He just hasn't made it official. Yep. Number three. National Weather Service confirming 15 tornadoes in Nebraska Friday. Of those, eight were EF1, one EF2, and six have been rated, what, EFU? Yeah, EFU. i got to figure out exactly what that, what unrated. that means. Is, just, is that yeah, just, just unrated? unrated? Yeah. Yeah. The um, It's not EFU. It's an unknown rating. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, the, uh, the, the biggest one here. So these were all all over the place um, that you had these, but especially kind of in that area in north central, northeast Nebraska, around Norfolk, around Columbus, um, north of a couple counties north of of Grand Island, you had some significant ones there as well. And then over 50, 50 warnings that were issued during the day on Friday and into the early evening on Friday. The EF2, by the way, was near Chambers in Holt County, Peak wind speed of that one, 120 miles an hour, eight-mile path, a width of 75 yards. So this happened at 3.55 p.m., about nine miles south of Chambers, 
And then it ended at about 4.06, about four miles southwest of Chambers. And so did a lot of did damage to pivot systems, I'm sure, and outbuildings and, and those sorts of things. So that was the most significant one of all of these. Um, but out of the whole thing, uh, Lincoln didn't end up having any severe weather, barely had any rain of their own, had a little lightning that delayed the baseball game uh, out of that. But Lincoln's lack of lack of even getting precipitation continues throughout all of these storm systems and got a little bit overnight today. Most of it, again, is south of us near the Nebraska-Kansas border. But I do note that you look at the radar, it looks like it's kind of got a big, uh, kind of a northward push on this whole thing. And so hopefully that means by midday you're actually going to see some real real rain instead of the equivalent of a snow dusting. What did I call that today? A spritzing? A spritzing. Yeah, we all, we, all we've got, we've had is spritzings over the course of the last <laughs> week when you've had any sort of thing. I want a non-spritzer. I want an actual... Right, I want to. When I walk outside, when I walk my dog on it, I want my hair to be wet after the whole thing is over. That's what I'd like to see with this whole thing. And but, then you have. Well, wet. you could have came out west with me over the weekend. Then you got plenty of it. Huh? Jeez, I think I think my car got hit by more rain just on the road between here and Cheyenne than Lincoln has got over the last three years combined. Highly possible. I uh, I just saw Matt Olverding had a had a tweet over there from Journal Star. He covers weather and business, but uh, one of the things that he mentioned was that Lincoln has officially received under 0.5 inches of rain this month. That's been the spritzers that we've had over the course of the last month. So just under a half inch so far over the past two and a half months, the city has received 1.5 inches total. <laughs> Total. That's all Lincoln's seen for two and a half months. The average during that time, guys, six and a half inches is normally what you see. So do the math. That is five inches behind where you normally and are. Like nine inches behind last year? Yeah. Yep. The dome, it's been, the it's been crazy. Lips. Don't say it. You're going to get people mad. I just say it doesn't rain here now. That's all I say. <laughs> it's just It doesn't rain a lot of times. doesn't mean it's never rained. Or it will never rain, but a lot of times it doesn't when it looks like it's going to. I know you say, oh, it doesn't rain. I want you to tell me why. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get I don't want to get people angry. Just I just hope it rains. We can all just meditate about it. Don't, <laughs> Don't. number two. Conference tournament seating, uh, senior day, Mother's Day, it all came together yesterday as uh, the Huskers swept. Penn State, yesterday's game, 8-5. Yeah. And they punched their ticket to yes. Omaha. Uh, they got the outcomes that they needed yesterday to clinch a spot at worst in the top eight of the Big Ten standings, meaning that they will get a bid this year, unlike last year, to the Big Ten tournament, an event that their state hosts, but Nebraska <laughs> still hasn't won despite winning the conference in the regular season multiple times. They've uh-huh. never won this tournament in Omaha. So this is the this is the ticket they needed to keep postseason hopes alive was to get there to this. They finish out against Purdue. That'll Caleb mainly affect seeding. Yeah. You know, you hopefully you go two and one, three and oh and get yourself in the top half. That would be nice of the bracket. There are scenarios just because of how tight everything is. Nebraska right now is only uh two games behind first place and only what three games ahead of eighth place. 
<laughs> so there there are scenarios but where they can't get to ninth. They and that's cannot, the important they thing. They cannot get to ninth. It is it is mathematically impossible. So Nebraska, depending on how things went, could finish first and be the top seed in the Big Ten tournament. Possible. They, they could also finish eighth. Yep. Most likely, they'll be in the four, five, six range. Yeah, that's what it looks Most like. Most likely. Me. That's what it looks like to me. I'd like to stay away from Maryland in the first round if possible. That'd be good. Actually, I'd like to stay away from Maryland's side of the bracket. If you to, to stay away from Maryland, now there there is a Maryland most likely is going to win. So in that instance, you would want to be sixth. If you're in the four, five, six area, you want to be sixth, so you take on the three seed, and then you go against the winner of the two and the seven. Yeah. That might be all right. And the three seed could be Iowa. Good chance that, that it might be. There's a really could be good Iowa, chance. Could be Rutgers. Yeah, right? it, it looks Probably like. Probably one of those two. Based on kind of how I'm trying to project games out, it would be Maryland 1, Indiana, Iowa, 2, 3, Rutgers 4. All right. I'd like to see them have another shot at Iowa and Omaha. That'd yes. Be fun. I'd go up and see that. All right. Go Big Red. Good job. And Nebraska softball, I shouldn't leave out. Made the NCAA tournament. They're going to Stillwater again for their regional this year. Yes, so. they are. Headed down there. They will play Wichita State for the third time this year. That went on Friday. All right. And uh, also, men's track and field won the Big Ten Championship hey, this weekend. The throwers did a good job. That was exciting. Moving on. Number one. What's hoped to be a positive experience, uh, two dog bars opening soon off-leash in Urban Hounds that open in the Telegraph District. Oh, there we go. They're finally getting the dog bars open. Uh, it sounds absolutely... Again, my, my dog experience is all based on my own dog, who's just a year old, who's still a bit of a puppy and still a bit of a destroyer and still a bit of a crazy man. <laughs> I can't imagine that being a relaxing experience whatsoever. Um, that's what the... But uh, maybe it's... That's what the bar to... portion of that is for. <laughs> I guess so. I just can't. Just can't. Well, he's drinking my drink. Oh, no. He's on the table. He's fighting with another dog. Oh, jeez. Take it. And every time one of those thoughts hits your head, take another shot. That doesn't sound healthy either. (laughs) All right. That is it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. 755. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. 759. 54 degrees in the cloudy in the uh, city. Cloudy skies in the city. Uh, coming up, 8 o'clock hour, going to be a busy one. A couple of guests join us. Tim Rosa, uh, Mark and I were trying to weigh through some of the uh, the situations that are attendant to this upcoming day on the legislative floor where they will be talking about the combination bill with both abortion and gender-affirming treatments for minors. And so uh, he will get into that and answer some of the questions that we had. And then a little bit later in the show, we are going to have Mike Schaefer joining us from Husker 24-7 to talk about a variety of things going on in the world of Nebraska athletics. So that's all coming up. 53 degrees in the capital city. It is 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest. All right, welcome in. It is not what you have on Wednesday. That's supposed to My be bad, everybody. that song, uh, the meet in the middle song, but... <laughs> We apparently don't have that available today. So we we could pivot to what chaps your high. That's fine. Said, yeah, do you have anything <laughs> to say? Go ahead. Grr. You got the mic. Open up. <laughs> Look, let us know. Well, Monday morning warm up here. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Get it all off your chest. How many days left do you have in this uh, legislative session? Too many, Jack. <laughs> Far too many. <laughs> too many very long days. Ugh. We got a couple weeks here. What are we talking? <laughs> uh, June 9th, I think, is day June, 90. Uh, but they got like a. Oh, that they, is quite a while. They so. have a week break in between that where they're, they're not on the floor. You got to do this thing where, you know, if they pass a bill on day 89. And the governor vetoes. They gotta have time to override. Oh, so there's like a there. there's a week break. We're done. We're done here at the end of the month ish. Um, okay. The, the universe weeks. of bills uh, that is sort of on the table for possible passage is quite small, right? Um, with yeah, with a few exceptions. I don't think we're gonna see much new hit the floor. We have not seen voter ID. That's kind of the that's the next big thing. The bill that's lurking out there that needs you know at least fourteen hours of floor time. Um, and then there's still some question as to whether or not we'll get uh, criminal justice reform package of some sort out of Judiciary Committee. So. Where are we with the budget now? Uh, Final reading should be passed maybe Wednesday. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm hopeful that we'll have a budget done by. So Wednesday. is the new prison happening? Does that oh, mean? Well, I mean yes. <laughs> it is. It is in the budget. It's not. It didn't come out. Okay. It didn't cut it's it. Out. It's in the budget. Oh, yeah. that doesn't it's mean it doesn't mean it's, it's in the budget. I I don't know. Like, doesn't there, mean they're a, building it in a field between Lincoln and Omaha. In so the I think that's months? that's the distinction I make. That's why I pause. Right. Like we are funding efforts to move toward construction of a new prison. Is it ever going to happen? I don't know, man. There's like we funded a lake that like I've yet to see him start digging a hole. So yeah, whatever uh, happened to the lake? <laughs> there's a canal that's getting funded that I think is a few years out too. Like these are some things that take some time. I, prison doesn't go up and overnight. Yeah, they, and and they it will be interesting. Eventually, they'll have to talk about where they're going to put it. And uh, I wonder if anybody's hands going up to volunteer for that for the prison. Yeah, they'll have to talk publicly about where they're going to put it. But I, I think there's some folks that have ideas. It's got to. Newsflash, it's going to be somewhere between Lincoln and Omaha where folks live, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's sort of the Tecumseh mess, right? There's, right. Uh, they thought folks would move down there to work at the prison. That's not I'm exactly sure how nice it works. Place. I'm um, sure it's a nice place I, to live. I, as last I knew, and I think it's still accurate, but I think Department of Corrections is still bussing folks from Omaha down to Tecumseh on a daily I got basis. A, I got a little excited during the... Uh during the debate on the budget the first time around, and they were talking about what happens with the Lincoln Penitentiary if this ever goes down. And and uh, was it what Senator Wayne wanted assurances that they were going to get rid of the thing? And I was like, wow, I never even considered <laughs> that we wouldn't have to have a, you know, a fortress castle of, you know, 
of incarceration there right on one of the main main drives that we all go by in Lincoln all the time. It's a very big wall. It is a very big wall on 14th or whatever. Yeah, there's a very large concrete wall there. Think of all the vape shops you could put there. Just a whole, a whole strip mall of vape shops. <laughs> a whole like, a whole like outdoor, like a classy one though, like a nice one. Yes, Very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. What? Uh, so, I thought this Nebraska Examiner article that I read here this weekend was interesting. So it sounds like. It sounds like the abortion amendment back to the 12 week, which really may be 10 week, is something that Senator Rippey is going to support. They probably ran it by him before they actually went public with it and got the okay on it. And uh, is that the, is that basically, does that basically say, okay, they're going to get it to the finish line or are there still questions? I would be, I mean, I, I fully expect it to advance based on what we're hearing. Uh, Senator Rippey, uh, yeah, he's, he is in support. He told him he wanted 12 weeks. They've got a version of the bill that says 12 weeks. There's some quibbling over, uh, quibbling, that's, that probably minimizes the discussion, right? But there's right. some, um, consternation discussion about the, and the language that they're focusing on, uh, Senator Rippey's version of the bill, I believe, used 12 weeks post fertilization was kind of right. the language that they had that he had in his amendment. Right. This version of the bill uses I believe 12 weeks post uh gestation, gestation. gestate 12 weeks gestational age. So right. which which dates back to, you know, the science type stuff of kind of when the egg is fertilized versus kind of when yeah the, it may it, it may, may result it may, in an earlier date than the the previous it may be closer to weeks. nine or ten weeks um, kind of depends on how you track those things and and kind but of that wasn't enough for him to think. that wasn't enough for him to say no I'm not going to do it so he's he said basically he's okay with it I have not I have not had a direct conversation with Senator I'm just Rippey going from the article um, yeah they're, they're, based they're, based on what he said in the article based the on article. what I've heard other people talk um, with him about i think he he feels like he asked for 12 weeks 12 weeks is what they're off it's time to quit fighting over this yep yeah essentially so i do i do expect that to to move um tomorrow probably probably pretty late at night um and as as you guys were discussing earlier it does include the well it will be part of the trans they're going to pass the the transgender bill the let them grow act it will have an amendment that uh, ties the two bills together and amends both bills right um and and then to clarify we talked a little bit about it but i think you had some clarifications on what that bill will and won't be now what does it look like it's changing from what's been discussed? Uh, Let them grow is a little bit different than the the version that advanced um, from select file to final reading. So as we sort of discussed, well, it's been three, four weeks ago now, um, when push came to shove, they advanced the uh, the original bill from select to final reading, which would have prohibited all treatment um, for minors right. for transgender um, care. This version of the bill prohibits irreversible surgeries and irreversible treatments and then it also uh kind of allows i think the the chief medical officer of the state to use rules and regulations to establish certain types of procedures that would also be either not provided or uh, maybe some provisions that you some hoops you would have to jump through before you get treatment so some of the things that have been discussed and i don't the bill doesn't contemplate this but sort of the idea is because uh, they were talking about doing it in the bill um, would be that the chief medical officer might put in rules or regulations that require before a doctor prescribes hormone therapy 
therapy. They require the the minor to go see you know two counselors, independent get independent determinations. Maybe um, have counseling for a year or two years, twenty four straight months before they could yeah. start actively pursuing those treatments. I don't know what that looks like because the bill kind of gives the defers to the chief medical officer to put those in place. So it's like administrative um, rulemaking, essentially. Sort of. Yep, yeah. yep. And then, and then that, that's where you would jump to, too, then, right? You have a hearing, you have a public hearing um, at the DHHS level for the chief medical officer to put those rules and regulations oh, in place. Boy. And I think the idea, too, is you know, based on the current medical science, when there's agreement, right? We'll go back to where we were on this bill two months ago or whatever, but the. Yeah, the Board of Medicine issuing a statement about kind of what treatments are available and that sort of stuff. And um, there's a whole bunch of consternation kind of about what doctors do and do not agree or disagree on right. in, in this arena. But bottom line on all this, after, you know, after you, 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 you sort of thought about these issues kind of in a vacuum in the state and you thought they would both be ones that would be successful here um, in terms of uh, further restricting abortion and and making these restrictions on minors um, and and these treatments related to gender. I'm, I at least I shouldn't speak for anybody else, but I thought these are things that the legislative political makeup would would make it very likely that they would come into law. They it, they may they may, and it looks like they it's more likely than not that they will at this point. But it's not quite. It's a little bit more circuitous route than I ever thought on on any of them too. yeah and part of that's just a good reminder of nebraska's process right where we work we work so much differently than other states you, you read a headline about a bill in florida introduced today that becomes law by friday right yeah. or by thursday we we're not introducing new bills right we've got a very limited window of when that can happen so you kind of close again the universe of bills that you're talking about there are some mechanisms for opening it up and then Jack, it's, a, it's just another reminder, too, that Nebraska's nonpartisan nature, kind of unicameral legislature operates differently. Mm -hmm. You don't have folks kind of, you don't have, a, I don't know, I can't go talk to one person and then end up with 12 votes, right? right. Like, I, there's no caucus yeah. for me to go talk to, the, the Tea Party That's caucus true. or whatever that gets me 12 votes that are locked together, that are voting together no matter what. I forget what. everywhere isn't like that, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> we, we just operate differently. You yep. got to get 49, you got to talk to 49 individuals. So it doesn't sound like we're going to be talking about a special session barring something changing then either. Yeah, I don't uh, don't anticipate that. Like I said, it looked like it was possible. Voter ID is still sort of out there. I I don't know if there's a version of that bill that's been floated around, like a draft, I guess, that's been circulating. I haven't seen anything publicly yet, um, and then I'm not directly involved in kind of those negotiations right. this year. So, um, but that's kind of the that's kind of the one that's still hanging out there. That that the legislature seems, the speaker seems to. And we've talked about this before, too, but you, you have to get something in place this year so that by primary time next year, we have some ideas about how that's going to operate for the for the huh. secretary of state, for your county officials. Um, so if I do think there's some pressure to get something done there, that would be the only like glad, out there. I glad they have such an insignificant election to try this all out on in year one. huh? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, let me ask about convention center stuff for Lincoln, because this is one of the things that I know the Lincoln officials I talk to still continue to go back to and have been talking about throughout this legislative session. Uh, this, uh, is this still something that might come up and, uh, what kind of chances does, uh, the city have in getting some, getting some dough to make this possible here? Yeah, actually, uh, tomorrow on the agenda, right? We've talked about the abortion and the transgender, um, bill, but the other bill that's on the agenda is LB 727, uh, which 
is a it's a revenue committee package that has a couple dozen bills in it, uh, twenty four pieces, twenty might be closer to thirty pieces of legislation now. Um, that includes a bill that was introduced by Senator Bostar, uh, prioritized by Senator Ballard, um, that would would help Lincoln move forward toward a convention center, right? So part of what that package of bills does is it includes pieces for turn back taxes, right? So we talk about kind of how Pinnacle Bank Arena was built and financed. You use sales taxes from the hotels and stuff around that uh, get turned back to help offset the, the cost chunk, of the bonds, right? right? So the, gro- yeah. the growth of revenue gets turned back. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it a turn back tax in that way. There's some tweaks to that that will help help Lincoln. There's some projects in Omaha too that are kind of coming online that will utilize this turn back financing type um, approach. Uh, and then that that piece that um, Senator Ballard prioritized, Senator Bosar introduced will kind of change or open up, I guess, the window for applications where you can have projects going. So this uh, convention center could slide in that way. I think the the bill that would have left funding, sort of like a direct financing of $60 million, right, that mm-hmm. Senator Wishard introduced, I don't see that thing coming okay. through that way. But I think there's some tweaks to uh, the way that 727 looks and the package of bills there that will help Lincoln so it's gonna be the move, financing move in that direction. The Financing mechanism, not the dough up front. Is yes, what you're telling yeah, me. that's that's the way I understand. Well, it, so. now the uh, now the uh, Congressman Flood and the mayor and Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird are going to have to just get together and figure out how the uh, they can get that uh, post office to move out of their location. I say we just take it. Let's just eminent domain so, that thing. Right that was from, the alliance right from the fest. My, <laughs> that was the alliance that I did not expect to come out of the last couple of months. Was uh, was put, Congressman Flood and, and Leary and Gaylor Baird? But here we are. Put the mayor and the congressman in a tent, and they can like just move into the parking lot and we'll just take it by adverse possession <laughs> 10 years the post office. <laughs> <laughs> live there for 10 years Until and you can it tear moves, it down <laughs> chain ourselves to the thing uh to the to the mailbox right out there in the haymarket right. until it's gone <laughs> that'd be a sight that'd be a good reality show actually have you ever have you ever looked that. closely at that that building or like the building you've been in it for 10 years if you look at the front of that building it looks so small right it does not look like a very or if you even go in it it's like a you just walk in you do your you do your post office stuff what what nobody thinks about or i definitely have not thought about it until i think congress flood did his little like show up to a press conference on the you start looking at what's behind that building it is huge it is a massive space back there with trucks well, and, yeah that's why it, i mean <laughs> it is no it's just like my point is like it's deceivingly large how much space it it takes up yeah it's the most uh, obvious spot possible for the thing right uh, i know they're some, looking at other ones but it's the most obvious spot of all of them uh so. it would make the most sense to me to be close to that arena and yeah the rail yard could use that that yeah. spur of excitement and stuff yeah. going on too the hotels mm-hmm. nearby yep. all of those things you bet um Plus, you know, you know, if it doesn't end up happening there, they're just going to build some uh, campus, some university private student housing there here <laughs> at some point to get it up, which apparently is the best investment in all of the world. Again, that in vape shops. I haven't but, built in yeah. six months. I haven't built before the next. I tell you what, <laughs> everywhere. They're every, it's, it's still, it is still crazy. Some of the markets in this city just for for certain things, and, and a big one is residential Right, because we just had the story right about another residential building that's going up in not necessarily a student one, but yeah. the other one. Grow Lincoln broke the news of another basically high rise for two downtown residential living. What's where are where are all these people? Who are all these people who are moving to downtown Lincoln? 
Not I. Not me. Do you associate me. with these people? Not, well, you seem like you, you know you got you got kids, but you'd be good. They're building a new park down there. I actually don't know if I have any friends that are living downtown right now. Who are these um, people then? But well, you know, folks. I don't know, folks coming in from what other. Their, what's their demo? Other towns. I don't know. So, so what are we talking about? Twenty-four year olds. What do we got going on here? These are expensive places, right? Well, that, that's the real the kicker for me. So the cost. <laughs> I know they're not cheap. It's not cheap living. So again, I, I you know there's stuff going on downtown though. It's a cool. It's a cool environment. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's got yeah the the vitality. I'm glad it's happening. I just kind of I, I just find the market. Remarkable it's not. It is sometimes. not for me. Like my my little brother is a year younger than me. Lives in downtown Kansas City. And when I say downtown, like. Like, he lives in a very large building downtown, yeah. walks wherever he goes. He has a little electric scooter that he zips around on to yeah. get places if he has to go a long ways. But, like, he likes it. He loves Doesn't it. Doesn't have to uh, mow. I could see him moving back to Lincoln maybe someday for the right. right. In I don't know. Yeah, no mowing. No, that's tough. You can get me not, tied into the community, me, though. Me. All right. Uh, good to talk to you, Tim. Best of luck. And we will uh, see how things are going next week. All Thanks, right? Jack. There you go, Tim Russo. It's 825. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Living in Nebraska means severe weather is always in season. Your severe weather action team is based on 1499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 837. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Mike Schaefer back with us after uh, he was returning from his uh, nice little vacation to what appeared to be Colorado last uh, last week, last weekend. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. Vacation went too fast. The weekend went too fast. It's now, you know, a Monday in May. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm working today. Yeah, I guess like, you're... I don't know how I feel about it. That's an interesting vacation time. I mean, I guess you're... Uh, I always... But, uh, you know, I guess when you have kids, you're always waiting to the to middle of the summer. How's Colorado in May? I don't know that I've experienced that. It was good. Uh, it was good. So, like, my vacation center around, like, the slowest months of the year for the work that calendar. And that's usually, like, February after signing day. May and then July. So those are like the three months that I tend to fit my my vacations in. And May's kind of great because when you go somewhere before the kids are out of school, it's not nearly as busy. But then you run the risk of running into like places off season where there's shut down. Yeah. And that was kind of the stays in uh, steamboat, which made it sort of different because I've been there enough times. So then you have to, you know, do things a little bit differently because you don't have all your old favorites available. Did you get still get? Did you find some snow up there still? Anyway. Oh yeah, went snowmobiling uh, 
last weekend, and so nice. there's definitely still snow up there. I learned the term sled neck. Did you know this was a thing? <laughs> no, sled neck. That's, that's the uh, the description given to the, the people that are super into snowmobiling, and I got to <laughs> say, it's pretty apt when you're up there and you're you're just kind of around that community. I don't understand them. They probably don't understand me. I'm gonna do that. That sounds fun. That sounds good. Uh, all right. Well, coming out of coming out of spring, I think you know, kind of the big news with Nebraska football has been um, some departures in the transfer portal. We've already discussed these a little bit, and you know, they they've all happened now. And Casey Thompson, AJ Allen have new homes. We and I assume we'll have a new home soon. Um, and I also know you had some guys who were brought on, put on scholarship. I assume there were also some guys, maybe more quietly, who aren't on the team, but they're still going to stay in classes and get their scholarship or some situation like that. Do you expect, like, I guess I don't know exactly where where the whole team is now with scholarships, if it's pretty much filled up, uh, if there is still room to do some things to add in the transfer portal or something like that. Do you expect there to be any more fluctuation in the roster over the now that the portal is going to be closed up uh, going forward in the ne- over the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, if you take Matt Rule kind of at his word, he recently was talking at a Lincoln Chamber event, and um, you know he. He sort of talked with the media there, and it, it seems like the story's coming out of that. And I know Michael Brooks was there for us as well, and he kind of mentioned this too. I would assume Nebraska's done adding adding out of the portal at this point in time. I, I think if there's any additions to the roster, they're probably walk-on type players, as we've seen. Um, but I don't I don't look for them to add like another you know what you would consider to be a core piece for the upcoming 2023 season. So I think they're pretty much who they are roster wise at this point, with the exception of if there's you know some walk on uh, transfers coming from other places that just want to give Lincoln a shot. So I I look for Nebraska's roster to largely be what it is right now in okay. terms of uh, you know who what to expect out there next fall. Oh, so I'm curious. So now that we know what it is, basically, and we kind of have an idea of generally what the rotation of players, you know, we may not know a few starting positions, but we've got an idea who the top two or so are at at most positions. Uh, we're going to start getting into kind of season preview mode, right? A couple of weeks, the magazines will probably be out. The If anybody buys those anymore, the Athlon and the Phil Steele and those sorts of things. What's Nebraska's greatest positional uh, position of strength? I said position twice there. And then where the one, uh, where's the position group that has the most question marks now that you know what the roster is? See, I have a much, uh, I have a difficult time with each of these for two entirely different reasons. So Nebraska's biggest strength, if you listen to Matt Rule, it always sounds like it's the running back room. I don't know that I really can buy that yet, so that wouldn't be my answer. I actually think it's, this is a weird one, but I think it's cornerback. I, I mean, you have you have Quentin Newsom, you have Malcolm Hartzog, they have a couple other guys that they like in that room that had good springs. I think they like the youth that they have in there behind Quentin Newsom. I think, uh, you know, Evan Cooper is has really kind of found a group that he's pretty happy with. So I think on the outside, you know, that's probably the strength of where things are at with this team, which is sort of an unusual thing in the Big Ten. And then you look at it kind of like where they could stand to be better. You have to go right away to the offensive line because that shift was such an issue last year. The good thing is you have a lot of familiar faces back. The bad thing is they were bad last year, so what's the expectation you know, like how much better can you get in the offseason without changing out some of those parts? We'll find out. 
And then there's, you know, other positions. I'm really worried about wide receiver. I will be until I'm not. Like, I like Billy Kemp a lot. I think Marcus Washington is fine. After that, it's a whole bunch of question marks about who can help you in the passing game. And so I look at those two positions first and foremost. And then, of course, you go to the defensive line after that. But they feel better internally about the defensive line than I think we do externally. So that's going to be something to watch, too. It's it's interesting that you picked cornerbacks because I think you could make the case that really the whole back seven or I guess whatever number it is in this defensive lineman, but combining <laughs> combining linebackers and secondary, I mean I think you could you could argue those are the two strongest positions groups maybe on the entire team, and so the big que- if that's the case uh, the big question is how do those groups adapt to a new defense essentially and yeah. uh, I mean to me because. Boy, you look at you can throw the safeties. At what you said about the cornerbacks, I completely agree with. Add the safe, you know, you got Miles Farmer, you got other names, you got Buford, you got guys who have been there, and then you know at the linebacker position, you got a couple of veterans and a transfer who's got who who looks like he's got some real potential as well, uh, and some depth there too. But again, it's hard to know how they fit into the new system. Yeah, and so I I agree with you on the safeties. I get a little more hesitant with the linebackers. Because we didn't get to see Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich in that three three five during the the red white game. I mean, and the right. other thing is, and I, I like both of those guys a lot. Neither of them are healthy for long stretches of time. Yeah. So, like that, you're really, you know, this is where John Bullock, who the walk on, just moved over to scholarship. Like, you're really kind of hoping that he picks it up mm-hmm. um, quickly because I don't know how much depth they have kind of in those linebacker spots. Mm. And, of course, in a rear run in a 3-3-5, you got to have versatile linebackers, too. So I, I am very interested on that second level. They have a lot of names. Uh, if those guys come through, it definitely would be a strength, I think, overall. I am very curious about MJ Sherman and Jamari Butler. You mentioned um, sort of the outside linebacker picture, the yeah. Jack linebacker. Those guys, I think, are really intriguing. They haven't done it yet, but I guess I'd, I'm okay betting on their upside probably more there than at some other positions where there's some new faces. It's just, it's kind of odd. You know, there's been a lot of focus on the offense, but personnel-wise, it feels like the defense should be the more dependable side of the ball. Again, just to repeat what I said, you just don't know what it's going to look like because you don't know what a big scheme change and how that plays into the whole thing. But on paper, it would seem like defense is the strength of the team still. Yeah, it it very well could be. A lot of that just sort of how quickly everyone adapts to that 3-3-5 and then the, the not-so-insignificant, how quickly does Tony White adapt to the Big Ten? I mean, it's a different league overall than the ACC, which is where he's coming from. But, I mean, he has a defense in this three-three-five where the idea is that it's, it's matchup dependent on your opponent. That, you know, your, your principles are largely the same, but you can kind of change things around and you, you build your, your strategy each week towards the type of opponent that you're playing. He's done this for a while. I think Tony White's going to be a really um, popular Nebraska assistant because I think that defense is going to be fun to watch. I, they'll be aggravating sometimes, but I would look for them to sort of create a little more havoc than what we were accustomed to the last six years or so. If I went out on the streets and I asked Nebraska fans who are who are you know well tuned in, I said, "What kind of a Nebraska is offense? What kind of an offense is Nebraska going to run under Matt Rule?" I'm not sure what kind of answers I'd get. <laughs> I don't either. Like, do, I don't know what answer I'm giving you right now. I, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you, is there any way to 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 say confidently, like stylistically, what kind of an offense Nebraska's about to uh, unveil in a couple of months here? 
I don't think so. I mean, you know, you have Matt Rule talking about how they're going to run the ball a bunch. And then you kind of have Matt Rule mentioning that they like the quarterback run game. Um, I know from talking to people involved with what they did at Baylor, they were very heavy on play action. If they can get things set up to where you can go play action, then they like to work off of that and work down the field. Marcus Satterfield used tight ends a ton. Matt Rule didn't use tight ends at all at Baylor. So it's uh, like trying to figure that out is, is going to be sort of interesting. And then you throw in the fact that outside of Jeff Sims and maybe Billy Kemp, there's not like their, their offensive personnel doesn't necessarily have these really notable names. Like they have a bunch of guys who kind of have to go prove it. Anthony Grant maybe is then the next closest. Uh, so it, it's sort of just kind of a, a weird deal because you don't even know who you'd be emphasizing. <laughs> right. But the, the thing about the Mark Whipple offense is you're going to pick one guy and you're going to emphasize the hell out of him. It turned out to be Trey Palmer. <laughs> and quite frankly, given all their other issues, it was probably the best thing they had going for him last year. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. Yeah. In this offense. Yeah. And the whole thing is complicated because, like, I read that uh, article from your colleague at 24 uh, 7. Was that Brandon? Marcello. Yeah. It was a, I thought it was a really good uh, piece, kind of, on Rule, but it really talked about how Rule, he was going to fashion. You know, not not just his scheme, but everything he does. He he is very clearly of the belief that everything doesn't work everywhere, and you've got to figure out where you're at and what will work there. And I think that probably extends to what he's doing with the offensive scheme here as well. He's not necessarily bringing a system in. He doesn't have a defined system, right? Is that fair to say? I think that's fair. I, what, one of the things about a veteran coach like Matt Rule is he's been in different places, and he knows that you know you. You can't necessarily just pick up what you did somewhere else and drop it, and it's going to work perfectly. I mean, that's one of the one of the reasons why people should be happy about a guy like Matt Rules. Unlike their last couple of coaches, you have Mike Riley, who did go to the NFL, but largely was at Oregon State in the Pac-12 for most of his career. Matt Rule has been around. I mean, Scott mm-hmm. Frost had only one job, so there's. I think there is something to be said for just sort of acknowledging, like, okay. You know, some of it's going to be we have to be adaptable. We have to – they have to win games on the sidelines. I mean, that's that's one of the things that will be interesting to, to watch with this team is once they get into a game and it's clear the offense isn't working as, it, as they want, how quickly can they switch to something that will? Can they identify that? Can that be, a you know, a big benefit to the – to the program overall is that over on the sidelines, you're able to identify early on, all right, this isn't working, but we can switch to X. I mean, you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. For a while now, mm-hmm. um, so you're you're hopeful that that's what you're going to get. There's no guarantee, though. I am considering Mike getting back in line for the Dylan Rayola roller coaster. The line's oh, coming. No. The line it's like at Worlds of Fun on the Timberwolf. The line's coming out of the barn a little bit, but I'm considering. It was so you know it's so fun. It's got the potential to be such a great moment that I might get back in line. How would you advise me? What do you think beats up its riders more, the Timberwolf or the Rayola coaster? It's a good, it's a good, honestly, it's a good uh, apples to apples comparison. You know, because I have this crick in my neck and I'm half tempted to drive down to Kansas City, you know, get on the Timberwolf and let that thing just knock it out. Because (laughs) quite frankly, you know, I I remember being a kid, the first time you ride it and you walk off it, you're like, is every roller coaster supposed to feel like a car crash? You know? The first turn, it's like, that was an unpleasant jerk. That wasn't even fun. <laughs> yeah, if I wasn't screaming this whole time, I would. I don't know that I would have enjoyed this. <laughs> 
So, well, so can I, I don't know, would you invoke, is it, can I get back, should I get back, Should I? or should I just let this play out and be, you know, if something crazy happens unexpectedly, just, uh, I, just take that. I think what you should do, or what everyone should do, not just you, everyone, just, you know, stay on alert. There could be, there could be some, uh, you know, some changes in the rail coaster track. You never know. There could be a new like loopy loop or a new uh, a new thing. But I just I don't anticipate we're going to get a wholesale change to where Nebraska is going to move out in front of you. And maybe that does happen, but I don't I don't understand what would cause it. But then again, this whole recruitment has been at times baffling um, because it doesn't seem to follow any real uh, narrative. It's pretty whimsical. And so, with that being said. If on whatever day the whim just points towards Nebraska, that could certainly uh, play a factor. But he's he's worth you know keeping in the back of your mind. But we don't need to repeat yeah. March of uh, twenty. I just can't do we the day to day. We don't need the daily. Nope. Yep. We don't need that. Anymore. I can't do that anymore. And if there's a pleasant news at the end of the whole thing, so be it. Uh, what do you think this uh, now that this Nebraska baseball team is is going to be in Omaha? You think they got the the chance to slug away for an entire week in Omaha and warm temps and a home crowd and and maybe uh, maybe keep the postseason going? Uh, what what I'm just curious, what do you make of this whole weird scenario with this team this year? Yeah, it's, I I said this to people. They're they're a better team than last year, and yet in a lot of ways it feels worse while experiencing it. Yeah, uh, because they're so up and down. And would I be shocked if they went over and they, they put up a bunch of uh, runs in Omaha and they, they're able to slug their way into a regional? Yeah, I think I would be. I just don't think they have enough pitching to, to get through. Now, if, if ever there was a Nebraska team that was going to turn everything on its head, this could maybe be it because you have guys that are having just absolutely extraordinary performances. And you're playing in a park that suppresses some offense. So if they're able to come through and they can still, you know, instead of home runs, uh, Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson are hitting doubles with guys on base and, and everything else, maybe their pitching staff will benefit from pitching in an environment where, you know, they're less likely to, to give up the, the deep ball. But a lot of it comes down to limited blocks and taking care of things on defense. And those are issues where I just, you know, Nebraska can have a bad inning just because of one or two errors in a walk. and that can just really let things get away from them. So I, I think if they can play slightly cleaner baseball, which is what they've been trying to do all year, um, you do it for a week, they could have a good week in Omaha. And they're going to have the crowd in their favor. I mean, every time the Big Ten tournament's over there in Omaha, I mean, they, they do get a boost from that. Yeah, it's so, it, was, it was so depressing last year when they weren't in it. So I'm when, when they are not playing there and the Big Ten tournament <laughs> is in Nebraska, yes. it just feels like the dumbest thing imaginable. Yeah, the, uh, the people who stand to make money on concessions and uh, bars and all of those things are thanking their lucky stars that, uh, that things worked out the way they did last weekend, and they can already plan on Nebraska fans at least being there for the beginning of this whole thing, it'd be good. And and by the way, but I don't know how how much of a deep dive you've taken into the numbers on some of the offensive stuff for this team. It's like when you looked at like the first year of the ju- like the late nineties yeah, with oh, the yeah. juice ball. It makes it almost makes no sense compared to previous numbers. Um, it's I bizarre. Like to Nebraska enjoying the nineteen ninety eight home run chase on its own team right now <laughs> between Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson playing the roles of Sammy Sosa, yes. and Mark McGuire. Like that's how. That's how it's felt like this year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, with apologies to 
the fans of both. It's not like the, the Cubs and Cardinals were great in 98. Yeah. So, you know, you, you also just experienced the great individual performances. That's how it builds a little bit with this team yeah. this year. And then you got Gabe Swanson in third place, yeah, still in striking right. distance, kind of like, uh, who was it, Alex Rodriguez that year, maybe? Somebody else. Ooh, I can't remember I who was. There was somebody who was third who was a little ways away. I can't remember who it was, uh, though. The best part about that is if you look at those stats, you get the random year where like Brady Anderson hit 56 home runs. And <laughs> That's right. You have to like remind yourself Brady. that there was a time where Brady Anderson was a name that you knew for oh some reason. Oh my gosh. He had great sideburns. I do remember that. <laughs> I tried to duplicate those. You meet him and yeah, Luke Perry. I've seen, I've seen some photos of yeah. your 90s sideburns. I, I aspire to sideburns of he and Luke Perry, yes. Mine was Joe Maurer. When I was in high school and I had sideburns, I was like, yeah, I'm just like Joe Maurer. That's were like, Griffey ended up with 56 that year, by the way. Oh, did he? Was he third? It was Griffey, not a Yeah, and then Greg Vaughn had 50. Craig Vaughn. Okay. All right. That. Griffey was the third place one. All right. Hey, great to talk to you, Mike. I appreciate it. We will uh, we'll catch up again next week. All right. All right. Sounds good. There you go. Mike Schaefer, Husker 24 7 855. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you with us. Thanks to our guest today, Mike Schaefer, Tim Ruza. Tomorrow on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, uh, we'll have Joe Jordan joining us. Talk a little Nebraska news and politics on the day of that very significant debate in the legislature. So we'll get into more of that with him tomorrow. We're going to have the lead center on talking about their brand new season just unveiled. So Bill will be in from the lead center to talk to us at 810. John Baylor scheduled to join us at 835 as well. And then looking ahead a little bit, I think we're going to go uh, general on Request Line Friday this week. We got a lot. I think we got a lot of other ones that we're going to be able to sprinkle in over the next few weeks that are themed. So we'll go general this week. We're back at full strength. Let's blow it out. Let's get let's all the requests. Let's let's see if we can get it. Whatever you're in, kind of in the mood for, because I, I think the week after we might want to go back to our graduation uh, edition for the show, and then we'll have Father's Day a couple of weeks after that as well. So hope you had the time of your we're gonna, life. We're going to be uh, we're going to be busy with those. So as always, as we learned last week, get those requests in. The sooner the better, and you can do that anytime you want this week in the Ristein Recognition Text Line at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. That's it. See you tomorrow. It's nine o'clock. On KLI and Lincoln. From the-